Welcome to Share Talk, the only podcast where investors come first. Today we've got Frank Lewis, who is an experienced international non-executive director. Uh, hi Frank, how are you doing today? Well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. So we've been looking at your website, franklewis.co.uk. You've got yes. a number of interesting articles on there about yourself and the various sort of corporate governance elements and international IPOs and elements that you sort of talk about in terms of best practice of being a non-exec director or chairman. Yeah. Uh, So I just wanted to pick up on a couple of those articles today, one of which is on international IPOs and the other to do with Chinese companies that are looking to IPO in the UK. So in terms of your experience, do you just want to give us an overview of that international IPO article in terms of sort of main principles that you see that boards should be looking at when they're looking at IPOing in the UK? Well, uh, good, interesting question. And uh, the, the two aspects, one from a board perspective and from an, uh, from a, uh, what you call it, from a listing point of view, it depends on where the company comes from. Uh, if it's more Eastern Asian or Eastern European or whatever, uh, one would have to look at it slightly differently. But fundamentally, the major issues our culture and and behavior of the uh, of the management because uh, the way we operate generally uh, in terms of the rules and regulations to list a company uh, is quite alien in some ways to the culture and way companies operate and uh, specifically I would say in China and from that part of the world um, they uh, they they don't you know we also obviously conversely have to understand uh, how how we need to deal with them if we would like them to list here and uh, the, the fundamental areas obviously is uh, the language uh, the way they run their businesses and uh, in some ways unless they probably educated and they have people who have worked in the West. Uh, it's a bit of a culture shock for them coming to do business or do an IPO uh, in this country, and and for them to try to com- uh, for them to explain to them that they don't uh, sort of meet the transparency and uh, corporate governance uh, and ongoing obligations, which is required to become a, a listed company and have a successful uh, time and uh, grow on 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 a stock market. Yeah, I mean, so you've been involved with three different companies from China. What what sectors were those in? Uh, the first one was mainly two. Uh, one was a, a, a sort of was going to do a listing on a standard, but the first one was a shit was a mobile phone assembly company. Right. And the second one was a ceramics company. Okay. And what, what were the kind of barriers you found when when those companies were looking to come over? Uh, fundamentally, well, they were similar in quite strange in the sense that in both companies, the major shareholder and CEO didn't speak English. Right. Uh, both companies, the FD spoke English. And in, this, in the mobile phone company, um, fortunately for me, I had two very good NEDs who had experience of dealing in the West in, 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 in China. 
whereas the ceramics company, uh, just the FD spoke English. And uh, therefore, it was not easy to ensure there was proper corporate governance to try and ensure that what you received was accurate and correct. And uh, therefore, I made it my business to try and talk with the with the people, uh, mainly uh, or try to get information on a weekly basis from the FDs uh, and build a relationship as well with the CEOs in a way through the FDs to show that I was very interested to make sure that they were looked after and ensure that they uh, knew what was needed um, uh, in terms of the rules. Fortunately for me, because of the way I operated, both those companies didn't really have a problem with the AIM rules. So there were other issues involved, but uh, there was no problem uh, with the AIM rules. With the, with, with the mobile phone company, after two years, unfortunately, the, um, the CEO, which is common knowledge because it's written about, was pledged his shares to... Uh, to an outsider and uh, couldn't repay, so he ran away and <laughs> still not found to this day. And I had to sort out a company with 500 employees uh, working in China together with the non-execs, and we did it in a way uh, which uh, sorted the whole thing out. And uh, uh, also the that company, the, uh, the person who, he le- who lent him the money uh, came to me and said he wanted to continue the business. And he put in some funds to continue. However, he didn't produce any other new companies, so we decided to do a voluntary liquidation and, and close it up without any prejudice to anybody. I mean, in your in your opinion, are, are foreign companies better looking at AIM, or is does the main market offer sort of slightly sort of better sort of rules and regs that that, that work best for those kind of companies? Well, the, the the main market, if you're referring to standard listings, because there's two, mm. there's a premium listing and standard listings. Sure. Uh, they, I would say, well, that's only relatively new the standard listings today, and also the um, uh, people, you know, to do a standard listing today, you need a 700,000 share capital and a 25% free float of EEA com- countries, not. 25% in Asia or that part of it, which people don't really, didn't really readily understand. Mm. So you need to make sure, first of all, that you have the right structure to do so. But also the FCA is very, uh, it's not that easy, although the rules are easier, but when it, you need approval of the FCA uh, initially to uh, to prepare, to, to approve the prospectus and uh, et cetera, that uh, they look at the, today they're looking more and more at the background of the shareholders and and who they are where they come from in order to make a decision that the company would be, would be could could do well uh, being listed on the standard listing and um, on aim uh, obviously it's slightly it's more expensive and it's more uh, more rules which makes it slightly more complicated for companies who want to list there? Uh, fundamentally, uh, you know, there, there are certain uh, basic rules of, uh, uh, in terms of related parties down the line, which 
people seem to forget because some of them try to do deals without understanding with, with directors. And uh, so you've got to have a clear understanding on both com- both co- both areas of who you're dealing with and what's happening as a chairman or non-exec director to, to ensure that the company's uh, uh, complying, which is the major issue with the rules, and, uh, and meets the, the obligations as set out and uh, initially. Yeah, and I just want to ask you quickly about cash shells or investment companies, yeah. for, for want of a better phrase. Yeah. Uh, a lot of investors have had varying highs and more often lows with cash shells, especially on AIM, and there's obviously quite strict regulations uh, on cash shells on AIM uh, specifically. So we've seen seen companies, we saw a company delist last week in 365 Agile PLC, I'm not going to ask you to comment on on individual companies per se, but uh, you had... uh, China Africa, which was then moved into Pembridge Resources, which obviously you had uh, involvement when it was yeah. China Africa and Namibia. Uh, that's now a main market standard listing as yes. Pembridge Resources. That was admitted last week. And today I noticed uh, quite under the radar for many, because not, not a lot of people seem to be talking about it yet, but uh, Chesterfield Resources PLC uh, have come onto the main market again, uh, looking to make up to 20 million size acquisitions in natural resource sector. So uh, obviously with that move from AIM to the main market as a standard listing, why do you think those companies are actually doing that? Well, I think for a number of reasons, first of all, I think AIM is adding more and more overriding rules. Uh, number two, it's coming more expensive to list on AIM. And thirdly, uh, in terms of the rules of uh, cash shell, which you mentioned, you know, there's I think it's rule. I'm subject. I'm talking about rule. I think there's rule eight and rule fifteen, uh, basically where you have to, uh, basically to be a you can't to, to be a cash shell. You need to have at least six million yep. in the company. And you need uh, to be able to re- put something and reverse something into it or make acquisitions uh, within 12 months. Otherwise, you get delisted. I believe it's six months, actually. Uh, sorry, six months. I beg your pardon. Yeah. Six months. No, I six read months. up on it before, before I read No, 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 no. <laughs> My mistake. My mistake. <laughs> no, six no, months. no, right. no. Uh, so, I mean, that respect, if it's so tight on, on AIM, which, you know, some people seem to be, see uh, to be a, a looser regulated version of the main market. Why do those companies then end up on the main market? Do you think because the rules around those are, are, are lack, more lax on the main market, would you say? I don't think, I don't think the word is lax, it's different. Yeah. And uh, you've got to still comply, but it is not as, as, not as um, severe as, as AIM and with all the various uh, rules of uh, engagement in terms of uh, mainly reverse and cash shells and that type of thing uh, for companies who want to uh, utilize, want to do it on that basis. Okay. Um, you know, AIM has still got a certain advantages, mainly in terms of tax advantages and yeah. capital gains tax and various other issues, which is beneficial for certain companies. Yeah. But uh, what is happening at the moment, it appears that a lot of companies 
are trying to, because of the nature of what Amy's trying to do and, 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 and it's getting more strict uh, in terms of its rules, uh, find it might be easier to, to, to list, come as do a standard listing uh, on, on, on the main market. Uh, you know, you also don't. You also don't need a three-year track record like AIM. Uh, if you start from fresh, and uh, as I say, you only you need 25% free float, which is the difference from AIM. But they're trying with AIM. They're trying to also increase the free float, and uh, so we shall see how it all works out. Okay, Frank. Well, thanks for your time today. We're going to come back and revisit some of these articles on your website. If anybody wants to go and have a look, it's on franklewis.co.uk. Thank you, Frank. Good. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening. Remember to visit our website for more news and other podcasts at www.share-talk.com.